What's up? I'm Frank. This is Tom. And, and this, this is, is the, the Frank, Frank and Tom, Tom Show. What's up? It's still September. Still 2020. We made it, Frank. We made it. Episode number two. That's right. You Numero dos. Is that correct? Yeah. That's, Please listen. That's how you say it in Spanish. nothing to say. All right. Sounds good. Uh, thank you, everybody, for checking out episode one. We really appreciate it. Got a lot of emails, texts, phone calls, faxes. Um... Frank's getting faxes. Yeah. Dude, he's from that movie Office Space. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Just dated immediately. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good movie, and usually nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Dude, I gotta watch that movie at least once a year, I feel like. I was talking to some kids in my office about Office Space, and they're like, what? what? You're old. Yeah, I remember a job I used to have that same thing happen, dude. It's because you're like 10 years younger than me. Anyways, good morning, everybody. It is morning. It's 8 o'clock in the morning because Tom and I are fucking go-getters. Yep. All right? We're not going to let the day waste us. We're here. We're here. You know, we made it Sunday morning, and uh, we're up in Adam. And uh, we got our coffee here, and it's episode number two. Frank said he's going to give some thank yous out there, a little shout out. Yep. That was it. Thanks for the emails and texts and, oh, there it and is. faxes. I know. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get throw this out there. It might be in left field a little bit, but I just want to give a big thank you to all the firefighters out there because uh, oh, the West Coast is on real fire. stuff. And yeah, uh, they just lost one. Yeah, and it's it's really terrible. And every day I see that fire on the mountain, and it's just it's scary. So just want to give a big thank you to all of them. It's a crazy thing. If you live in Oklahoma. You might get sucked up into the sky. That's true. If you live in Utah, you might get swept away in a flood. They have floods? Big time. In Texas, I hear. Houston. Houston. Lots of flooding because it's flat. It's a dangerous place sometimes. But if you live in the sticks, you might burn. Yeah, that's true. Oh, it's so morbidly awful. But at least, you know... I don't know. It's you have more time to get out in a fire. Sometimes a tornado might just touch down on top of your house, and you might not have any time. You know. Yeah, that shit's crazy. Uh, that is intense. The funny thing is, is you know those people that live in those areas where the where the uh, tornadoes happen and whatnot, they're afraid of earthquakes and fires. You know. Oh, they won't mess. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about the earthquakes. Of course. California. Yeah. Earthquakes. Cray cray. All right, man. Well, last episode was pretty good. We touched on some, you know, crazy subjects. I think we talked about dolphins and Cardi B. Mad respect, you know, to the dolphins and how shitty the content and music is nowadays. Um, but we focused on um, you, you know, and it was about Tom D. and and we learned about how uh, you grew up in music, and uh, you've always been super artistic. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about first before we get into the meat of the episode is um, you, your uncle, right? He's like a legit-ass painter, and he did some super sick fucking artwork for everything, and we didn't talk about it, and I just wanted to talk about it. Yeah, he's my Uncle Larry, you know, Larry Hunt. Uh, he's a professional artist. He does airbrush paintings, uh, colored pencil drawings and and that are amazing he does stuff that looks like photographs and things that 
Yeah, he's like a really super high caliber do. artist. You know, and it's it's really like, unfortunate because a lot of artists, even at his level, they still can't get noticed in in this crazy world. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, he's yeah, people don't. His whole life as an artist, under, he has some of the most amazing work I've ever seen. Yeah, they don't understand or appreciate stuff done with your hands much anymore. Yeah, and, and I mean the level of uh, creativity and robots can do that, that shit. To be that, I mean, most artists that are that good are just born that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. He's fucking. Frank is a good a good painter as well. He has a number of paintings in his studio that are really good. And for I do somebody paint. that's decided to pick up a paintbrush one day and start painting, he's re- really impressive. I do paint. I paint a lot. I haven't painted a painting in a bit, but it's cool too. It's like along the same lines of uh, doing songs. So you're sure. a you know you're a a big time artist, Frank, right? Um. <laughs> you, I'm, I'm being i mean frank you know he's a he composes music he plays multiple instruments he makes he has written and recorded so many songs probably more songs than a lot of the people in the music industry yeah he also yeah, finds time to paint that. paint um, really good paintings uh works full-time and is also an amazing father and husband oh, shit. and he's a good all-around really good guy everybody loves him and so i just wanted to give a big shout out to frank and you know today we want to Talk a little bit about Frank and his music career and, and everything that has brought him up to this point. So, what do you think, Frank? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, in the same right, you know, I think we all grow up listening to music. Um, and uh, you either really enjoy it or you don't. But um, my mom was really uh, big on us, like, recording little tapes and sending them to grandma. You know, like... Farrah Jaka and all those little kid songs and wow. stuff. Um, I remember like one of the first tapes we all recorded. We sent that to, you know, one of our grandparents. Grandma and, back in Oklahoma. I don't know. I don't know where they were, or even who we sent it to. I think it was like a great grandma at that time. I was super young. I was like two years old, but I like it was one of my first memories for sure. Just remembering hearing my voice on tape and kind of getting obsessed with that, and then. Um, me and my buddy Corey Abrantes, we would uh, like make songs on our little tape recorders, little hip hop songs, nice. beating on Tupperware and freaking, you know, just making music that way. And then um, I kind of got obsessed with it. Then I got like super jockey, like super into sports and stuff. And I put uh, music and art just kind of on the background. I would always like come home and do art and stuff, but um, I just like put it on the shelf for a little bit and um ended up kind of on my own at 17 and then really picking it back up again my buddy Braden Ferguson just straight left me his acoustic guitar for like indefinitely you know he was just like here you go actually there's like some instruments in here that are probably his like in this room, but <laughs> yeah, you had the you had the drive it takes to pick that guitar up and teach yourself how to play it, right? Yeah, yeah. I just started teaching myself for sure, man. I would just go out on the deck and then I like kind of started with one string at a time, literally. But also at the same time, I always knew I wanted to write songs, so I did that hand in hand. I would also just um, write. So it honestly wasn't even long after that. Like I picked up the guitar, and then we were starting a band me and my buddy alex and larry chick um larry's super instrumental in in a lot of the stuff that's come out um in the studio being put together i like to call larry like the executive producer in a lot of this stuff you know 
in at least in my mind I say it. I love that dude a lot. Yeah, he kind of got you going in the beginning with your studio. He helped you out, right, a little bit. Well, yeah, he just, you know, um, I, you know, I just didn't, maybe didn't, I was always working, but uh, once I went back into music, I just, you know, wasn't really, didn't have my shit together, so... Larry definitely always had his shit together. He had like a place <laughs> and yeah. money, so yeah. he was able to uh, facilitate a, a better music experience for all of us. And you know, um, he was super uh, helpful, and he's a badass musician. You know, the guy's super creative, and he makes great music, and um, and he's extremely good looking. There's not much more I can say about that guy. So let me ask you this, Frank. Uh, so how old were you when you first started up with your own band and the name of your band? And yeah, so we were 17, 18 years old, and then me and Alex Albright started jamming, really creating songs, and Larry as well. And immediately I had this idea for the band named Simple Dif- Difference, Simple Difference, and um, kind of just ran with that for years, man. I, I did that forever, um, it seemed like, but it really was only like, four years i guess four years maybe total and um we had some some transformations in that band um and then uh croft saw me who is like a brother to me you know he just literally showed up at my house one day with three songs like super legit over the top musician musicianship um way out of the caliber of what I was used to for sure. Um, but I was super stoked cause I knew that, that that's what I wanted to be a part of for sure eventually. And it just literally showed up on my doorstep. Like it was wild. And, um, that's initially awesome. he freaking went, knocked on my door, gave my dad a CD and was like, here to give this to you, you know, knowing crop now, I'm sure he's just like, here, like fucking give this to your son, you know, I'm crop. That was like original music by Croft. It was, was uh, it was Cardiac Black. What that turned out to be was a really cool punk, punk rock band that I ended up being in for uh, quite a few years. You guys were getting, starting to get pretty big for a minute, weren't you? I mean, yeah, yeah. We ended up putting out a demo and, um, that band went through some transformations also every band does you know you lose members and gain them and all that shit and evolve but um uh we ended up on uh frosty heidi and frank's stay or go and we uh we uh got through on like you know the artist spotlight on friday or whatever nice and then uh that put us on to like a super big show down in long beach for a couple thousand people at their birthday bash so that was super cool and you know, so we did get to do some cool things with that, um, battle for warp tour, all that stuff. So it was in that lane and it was, um, it was really neat. Uh, it was way back when like skinny magazine was a big deal in like the inland empire and stuff. So we get, we would get like a little feature in skinny magazine and, um, you know, play the whiskey, a go, go and nice play like all these dope places all the time. And we ended up doing party buses. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't you, you, that must have been really fun. I always wanted to take a ride on one of those party buses, and I never got a chance. To. Yeah, Everybody dude. said you guys always had a really good time. I think that that was so fundamental for even the reason why I still get shows up here, um, which was really awesome. After our last, pat, last, last podcast, I got offered a show up at Sky Park and freaking um you know still play up here on the mountain but uh yeah dude i would uh just hit up everybody i knew um i think it was like 10 15 bucks a ticket but it was all you could drink 60 person bus 
man, we would just have that thing hot boxed and everybody just <laughs> in a good mood, you know? Everybody you know, it's a really good way to get people to actually come to your shows because when you're yeah. from a town in the mountains like we are, trying to get a bunch of your friends to go to a show in Hollywood is really hard. Yeah, well, you know, we we realized that really fast, you know. When, when you book a show and you go out there by yourselves, you know, a few people would show up. But uh, if you take them, you know. Yeah, and you <laughs> give them incentive, right? Yeah, you <laughs> say, listen, we just need to park here. We're going we're gonna to take you down there and uh, rage. Um, and that's what we did, too, man. We really, uh, I'd like to say we even made a little bit of an imprint down there. Um which is hard to do, you know, a little bit of an impression, uh, not enough to really get like serious attention or anything. I mean, we certainly had like interviews and all that stupid little band shit, you know, like without being signed and being able to like tour or whatever. But, um, yeah, it was a really good time. It was really fun, but that just kind of, uh, it was so funny. It was literally ended up being like beating a dead horse. And that's what my drummer said, like the evening that, cardiac black kind of played their last practice I was gonna say, what ha- whatever happened with cardiac black you guys are all still you friends know and dude everything. we just ran that shit into the ground i listen back to it it's still so good and still so cool and it really um, was really good you guys are really professional but we just ran it into the ground unnecessarily really i think um we were just tired of playing in a garage we were really over practiced and under showed you know we wouldn't it, it, there's a balance you know if you really want to go for it, and later on I, I kind of got, get to visualize, you know, see that with my own eyes and see what you need to put in and stuff. And we just weren't doing some key stuff, you know. Yeah. We were, we were doing a lot of key things and then not doing some other stuff, you know. And uh, I had like a, a, a good a friend of mine, he gave me some, some advice and he said, you know, like um, – a guy like Croft, he might play the guitar too much, which is insane, you know. I mean, I think that he's probably one of the best guitar players yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah, he's like definitely one of the best guitar players I've ever met. Um, but what he meant by that is not is that um, maybe with a manager and some marketing and you know uh, some time spent in other areas. And I've said this exact stuff to Croft, and I I hope that we have Croft on um, at some point to talk about just guitar and music and bands as well because he's just so deep with this stuff and he's just so knowledgeable with a lot of things and uh he comes from a completely different area which is so rad you know because i'm like raised on hip-hop you know that was the other thing on and in this like um jock phase rewind a little bit you know I'm like Tupac and Wu Tang. That's all I listen yeah, outcast, to. You know? right? Yeah, Outcast. Oh God, you love Outcast, right? I'm obsessed I mean, with how outcast, can you not, dude. man? Those I'm guys still are obsessed <laughs> Those with guys Outcast. Are really good, dude. Yeah, and it, I just I love hip hop, but I also love punk rock, and I think they're really close, anyways, man. The they way are. they mash words and stuff, yeah. and and, and uh, like you, you put it, you know, there's a lot of information in those songs, you know, and you can use that to get by sometimes, especially if you're not doing well in other places. But, um, yeah, so Cardiac Black ran under the ground, man, and then we uh, ended up doing, uh, I, I was always writing songs, you know, constantly. Um, ended up getting a MacBook, so you, you get GarageBand, and, and fucking, if you know how to, uh, if you're into that stuff, and you want to write songs and, and you can, you know, record them. There's no reason not to. Yeah, I'd <laughs> so, say go for it. If so, you have the passion, do it. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I've always had this kind of thing where I like, I'll sit down and I, I won't write, 
usually one song. I'll usually write like two songs and they'll sound similar and they'll be buddies. You know, I always, it's like the buddy system. And, um, uh, I learned a long time ago to let go of a lot too when I'm writing and not think, overthink what I'm doing. Um, I put a lot of thought and emotion into it, but then I have to immediately step back because if, you know, I let it pour out of me basically is what I, what, what I mean with that. And that's how I think I get such an amount of music. Um, cause it's hours at this point, it's hours and hours, um, <laughs> so uh it's like I, I six like, hours like seven like, hours easily yeah <laughs> of all original songs that i've that i that i've compiled you know and um it's it's uh i get asked insane questions like, oh, dude, you know like you didn't make it or whatever whatever the fuck that means i don't know you're still making um, it you're yeah i'm right? still I'm, I'm, I'm never gonna stop making music yeah but when you think of making it in music um it's just like making it anywhere else, man. You just want to be happy. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I have the, the most beautiful wife. I have an amazing son, and I'm happy, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I think that's what sparked such a, a massive drive in my creation the last two years. I think I've made more music in the last two years than I've made um, in the last five or six. Well, you do have an amazing ability, you know, and to really write an amazing amount of songs and record them more than most musicians out there i mean more, even more than a lot of musicians in the industry you've written so many songs didn't you write something like 75 songs or in a year or something like that and record them something crazy like yeah that? just just last um i called i entitled the album 2019 and i just didn't stop recording i mean it's it's gone well over i think i'm into like creeping up on 90 now 90 songs and the thing is which is, is like over four and a half hours are, are really good too they're not well, thanks I mean, man thank no, you they are frankie um, i mean i i try to make them I can listen real to your music and that's go, the thing i don't understand <laughs> how how you haven't gotten more noticed and i know it's probably because you haven't put put it out there as, yeah as much as i, mean, I think I, it's that vulnerability you know? you know we talked a little bit about the vulnerability last time it's um as I could, as a man, I, th I was talking to, to my wife, Tara, about this. Um, I think that um, exposing your vulnerability can be like demasculating, you know what I mean? So it's hard for us as dudes to do that sometimes, you know, especially when it comes to like singing and being creative and shit like that. Um, so that's a big part is why um, I don't push myself as much. But, I mean, thankfully we started this thing here. You know, the podcast is a way for people to um, get to know us as dudes, as fathers, yeah. as artists, as hardworking blue-collar Americans. Um, and it's, it's, it'll, it'll be able to show us as artists. And um, in my head, I'm like, well, fuck it. You know, we'll do it ourselves. And I've always been that way. Um, I think you and I were talking a couple weeks ago about how just in the vicinity, you know, you go down to Los Angeles and there are managers for bands. Or you go to like specific areas where like bands have blown up before. There might be a manager or two or people that give a shit outside of being musicians for promoting your band, you know. Yeah. Um, but you come to the IE, man, and you just get people that really don't 
they just want to promote you for the bar, the local bar, you know? And they're like, hey, I'm a music promoter, dude. Next thing you know, you're fucking playing three shitty bars, Upland and, you know, all these places. I love the Inland Empire. Don't get me wrong, man. And I've been, I still play. That's This is where I'm, this is my home. This is where I play, you know? Um, but I think that's the big problem about blowing up out of here is that there's no management, really, you know? Like these companies that are, like, fucking connected immediately, Um one of one of my favorite sports in the world is is uh well my, my favorite sport right now is mixed martial arts for sure and um there's a mixed martial artist i follow and his name's bobby green you know and um he's, he's a local guy right yeah he's a local dude but like i think it, it really highlights what management can do because this guy's world-class caliber and he's world famous anyways but man you get some good management behind you and you know freaking you can really take off and that's what you know i think what we've seen with him you know um and uh that's just a different example in a different realm um of these people that are outside of the music that care you know about getting you there but then there's also this you know fuck it i'll do it myself you know i'll expose these vulnerabilities and be like you know take it for what it is take me for who i am so then that's what uh, Wes, my drummer, Wes Hornung, he, a uh, good friend of mine, he's the, I think he's the, I want to say he's the founder or co-founder. He's definitely the founder, like one of the top three guys of Cadillac, Kings Car Club, big deal, like worldwide yeah, and shit. Yeah, that's a big car club. Um, yeah. And he's just a super cool dude. He's been like my brother. He's, you know, we consider each other brothers for sure. We've been through a lot. He's a really talented drummer also, right? Isn't Very, his son yeah. actually really good at drumming as well? <laughs> yeah, Caden, man. Yeah. Amazing, dude. We got to have Caden on. Yeah, oh, my yeah, God, yeah. for sure. I, I think about all, I mean, Wes, too. Wes, too. Yeah. I want to do, like, a career highlight, man. Because guys like this, you know, um, when you can take, and this is a little tangent off of the, the music again, but if you can take your trade and really get to a point to where you're, um, working on million dollar homes like like Tom and I are fortunate enough to do um, and things like that um, for, for Wes he gets to work on fucking million dollar cars you know it's crazy he gets to like detail, like, yeah. to like fix Rolls Royces and shit you know like wow. yeah, like that shit's uh, it's no joke when you get to do that in your profession so mad respect to him and I can't wait to, for everybody to meet him too um, but anyways we started Sparkman man he he, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to ask you really quick. So like, so Cardiac Black kind of, you guys just kind of uh, stopped making music together, but remained friends, right? And then what happened after that? You, did you try to go on a little solo adventure yeah. for a while? Is that what happened after that? Yeah, absolutely, man. We were still all friends, and and the funny thing is, is that we still really wanted to make music. It's just. A, in in a band, you know, it's a strange thing because you have this weird ass dynamic with like five dudes that all want to get their opinions in, you know, and that you get three dudes developing an opinion against one dude, you know, because maybe he's a little bit more abrasive or something, you know. Um, you pointed at me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like you, Tom. Like if you were in a band, it would be fucked. No. <laughs> so, so really though, just to make it. Um, you know, work better, you and you, you pack up or whatever, and, and you, you end up excluding members and kicking them out, and all this bullshit happens. It's a stupid marriage. But, uh, you know, that's kind of basically what I saw happening with Cardiac Black. I was young and having a blast, dude. And I still have, beers and I, yeah, I still have so much respect <laughs> for those guys, dude. And like, um, 
you know, everybody that went through that band was so cool. Uh, you know, from Chris who, who created it, like the name or like he even, he, it's such a weird story. Like this dude, Chris, that we, Jan, that Wes knew fucking, I'm sorry to, I would, cause we wanted to do Sparkman, but I wanted to at least give Cardiac Black a little justice. But, uh, so we did, you know, um, okay. Bah. So well, Chris, we want to hear your, we want to hear your, <laughs> your musical career. Life. So yeah, let's yeah. hear it. Yeah. So, so Chris has this buddy who's doing like design and forgive me if I have this, uh, wrong. So he's got this buddy and, um, he sees that his buddy has created cardiac black and even has a fucking sketch of what he thinks it should look like. And it's a pretty good logo and everything. It was like, kind of like, um, themed for a video game. As I recall, this was this guy's intention was to get, to make a video game called cardiac black. Oh, Chris, wow. Chris saw it and said, dude, wow. that's fucking dope. I want to make that my band. He made this demo of these three songs, then Croft recorded it with him, then they ended up on my doorstep, then it got to my dad. That's how that got around about. Then my dad gave it to me, and I was like, fuck. My life changed quite a bit. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it was wild, bro. It, it's, uh, I think back to that, and it's like, I'm always thankful for Croft for that, because it's like, so dope. But we're local, you know, and yeah. he knew that I was doing this music shit and but like he would they were always so legit and they had so many bands up here and they're like He must have just, seen something in you, right? Isn't Croft he's quite a bit older, a few years yeah, old. A few yeah, years he's older, a few right? years older and super experienced and these guys were amazing, yeah. And they, they did. They must have seen something because fucking they let me be a part of it, man. And I was yeah, just really a kid cool. and it was like it um yeah, I appreciate it a lot more now. Back then, I was just like, fuck, yeah, dude, here's my time, motherfuckers. You know? <laughs> I'm shooting to the top. Yeah, here it is, you know, and uh, this is it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that wraps up, and um, Wes has the idea. Wes has the idea to start Sparkman, and he wants to record these first couple songs that I've been showing him over the and last And he wanted while. to name it Sparkman after you. Wes Hornung wanted to name it Sparkman, not so that me. wasn't your idea. This is not my idea wow. to name the band Sparkman. Um, and I have talked to so many people about this. Pretty much everybody that I introduce into Sparkman, the band, because there's been so many interchangeable members and everything. It's usually my first spiel. I'm like, oh, I'm fucking, I'm thinking about changing the name, you know? Like, I don't know, you know. I'm like, I've always been a little bit, um, you know, I don't want it to show like there's this massive ego attached to this music because it's just it's just um you know Wes and everybody and i agree too it was just a cool name it's a fucking cool name sparkman you know and that's my last name, name you know catchy. yeah um, it's, your, it's your name yeah so fuck it right so frankie sparkman so we ran with sparkman and uh, we recorded our first three songs with Paul Miner. It was just me, Wes, and Paul Miner. Paul's doing the backups. Paul did the bass. He uh, added some guitars. He guided the the simple little songs that I had in, in a really sweet direction. And um, and Wes and I started recording our first Sparkman album. You know, we ended up with like 16 songs, and we put it out on iTunes. It's called Daylight. What are we looking at year year wise at that point? Uh, when it came yeah, out, was I think it was around 2014. Like 2014. Yeah, I think it was 2014 when it came out, when we were finally done with it. And, um, yeah, I, I guess really timeline wise, I'm kind of shitty. I wasn't putting any dates on that, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's all you know. good. You guys get the gist of it. And, um, you know, so, and, and Wes and I still record to this day and, um, uh, we're, we have, and I'm super excited about it, man. We have our second Sparkman album, and it's 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 
it's ready, you know. And there's just a few things we got to do. A lot of things people don't understand when you're going into a studio like Paul's or a really legit studio with like a million dollars worth of equipment or $500,000 worth of equipment, whatever. It's expensive, man. The first Sparkman album cost us over $10,000 when we look at it wow. over the course of, of, you know, like a year and a half. Wow. And this, the, the, we're paying for it out of our own pockets and we're trying to just make music that sounds good for people. Um, I'm trying to put out a, a good positive message too in my music and not harp on, on any, any weird stuff, more like just love. And a lot of the songs I wrote on the first, on Daylight, were, were really about um, getting my wife to love me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like crazy. So. so where can we, where can uh, our listeners find your Sparkman album? Anywhere? I mean, online? Uh, right now or? it's on Spotify. Uh, it got taken off iTunes and stuff. Um, and stuff. Uh, and that's that was my own doing because it got to a point where, well, the album paid for itself for over six years. And it was an amazing thing. And I'm super oh, lucky cool. for that. So you actually got it, something back out of it. We put out an yeah. album. <laughs> not much man but it, it, it right now even, right, right <laughs> now in the account for that album dude there's eight dollars and eighty cents and it keeps it alive and that might That's sound cool. fucking like nothing to people but i don't think people understand what an unsigned artist how many clicks and how many fucking likes and how many plays you have to acquire to get eight dollars and eighty cents oh, yeah. i mean it takes it's thousands all around the world i At have least you're here uh you know taking those steps and putting it out there yeah. in a professional manner yeah and, you know it, and it having that account yeah it's like not that, about you know? that money or anything but it, it's nice to see that accumulation and know so anyways the sparkman album it paid for itself for like six years um, and then finally it didn't, you know, um, and by paying for itself, it actually would keep $115 in the account. And this, I never drained this account and I never really even touched it. The only way I would move the, the money is every year I would have to redo my agreement with this company and then they can promote my album, you know? So I was able to do that for a certain amount of years. And then once I noticed this, but that nobody was listening, nobody was clicking anymore. Uh, it didn't pay for itself. I didn't want to pay for it out of pocket. So it lapsed and I let it just be free on YouTube and SoundCloud and stuff and, and, and websites like that. Um, so I'm on, you know, I have Frankie Sparkman, you search on YouTube and just go to the channel. Um, numerous videos. Uh, great thing about you and I is if you type in, I think Tom D or Frankie Sparkman, usually in a general search, both of our videos will pop up oh, because nice. we're pretty linked together. Um, and and as well and like I believe even Wes is too because he's got a lot of different videos and stuff of Caden just man this kid just fucking rules on drums dude yeah he that guy I remember, <laughs> I remember like, you showing me a video from the age of like of you know kid. from the age of of womb <laughs> Wes said he used to beatbox on the on the on his wife's that's, uh, that's so, tummy that's, you know that is super awesome they're that's all amazing. they're drummers I true to that, the core man you know? so much it's so so incredible dude. I mean there's something about drums that, that are really amazing you can't really I mean it's hard yeah. I mean, drums are a big part of of music and yeah. it's I mean that's what keeps the rhythm right so yeah it's like primal. so Pandora you have a Pandora page right we can look you up on there as well yeah yeah I do so dude okay so then this shit happens right I let it lapse um, and, um, this fucking guy in like Minnesota or something, I don't know where he's at. He steals, he's, he names his band Sparkman no and way. I've, I've been Sparkman for a long fucking time and I have had Pandora Sparkman page. That's my page. Wow. 
It's still my page, according to the um, hey, to com- the numbers. It's still your page on my Pandora. But what right? happened was this guy puts out an album on iTunes and through his little personal company, and then it his artwork took the place of my station, but the station was still mine in control of me. Oh, I hate when stuff like that happens. So it was a really fucking weird little thing. I had to contact Pandora. Anyways, the station's still mine, but it's got some artwork that's not mine. But I don't give a shit because I reamed this dude, dude. I went after this kid, man. I was like, you know what, bro? Like, because this has happened a couple other times throughout, you know? Like, I was like, this is my last name. This is not like just something I just made up. And this is how I'm promoting my music. And I've been doing it for years. And I'm still promoting my music as this. And he goes, oh, you know, it's my my friends. You know, they, they name me this. It's just a nickname they have. And initially he was like, all right, you know, I'm going to take it down. And then he, he hits me back. Oh, it's just so hard. You know, it's so difficult. So, uh, <laughs> you know me, man, I can, I, you know, I can be an asshole sometimes just like I can be a super nice guy. Yeah. And I, it really, it just upset me. Maybe it shouldn't have, but, uh, these little things that I'm trying to build myself and I don't have anybody to help me, you know, I don't have a fucking lawyer. There's nobody I can call. So I just make a stink about it, man. I, I BMI is not helping you out. Nobody's helping me out. BMI decided to help me out by taking my music off of videos that I asked people to put me on. That's oh, what man. happens, you know? Um, I had this one video, dude, it was, it was for this, uh, this off-road thing, you know, and BMI ripped my songs off of it. Oh, it was getting man. thousands of views. That it's great promotion. Sucks, dude. Anyways, so this guy, <laughs> I, could, I copied and pasted his page, bro. I was like, this is fake spark, man. I started, I started putting him on blast, fake dude. News, man. Yeah, hell yeah, fake <laughs> news, bro, because it's not the real deal, you know. It but real. and you know me, I'm kind of funny because these these kids were like super good looking kids, like all you know. When I say this, I mean like they, they like take the good photographs and they make sure everything's all refined and stuff and um you know uh <laughs> i just put them on blast dude and i it, i really think they gave up because i haven't seen anything new out of the kid and i hope he just fucking gave up and if you didn't bro you better i remember I straight mean, up I've, dog I've actually seen crestline homies i can't remember if it was on just joking uh i don't really remember what platform it was on it could have been youtube it might have been something else but i do remember seeing uh tom d tracks that were labeled as my songs before as well and it was like somebody completely different That's like weird. somewhere else in the com- in the country and but, talk- but the internet was making it seem like it was me and him were the same yeah. same person you know yeah, i talked to somebody at pandora about it and they're, they're just like look when it's the same name type stuff and you don't have the licensing and all this stuff for the name or it's, i don't think it's licensing at that point i think it's something else like uh it's not a, a copyright, but it's a trademark that you can some, use or some shit. And it's a process. Basically, what I just did is I just years. named all of the things that are involved in like putting a little stamp legally on that bullshit. But yeah. anyways, people just, just should just do the right thing. I think so. Just fucking do the I right mean, thing. I mean, but if some other Tom D came along and was like, hey, you can't use the name Tom D, I, I, you know, I'd have something to say I'll about that, that because I've been called that since I was in high school. And yeah. it's my name. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I reckon you get your and ass kicked for something in like in that. my, uh, you know. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm so saying, yeah, dude, if they got in your face, I'd roundhouse there. Well, Fra- Frank is a big roundhouse kicker out oh, there. You know, Frank will kick some asses if he needs know. to. But no, I'm just kidding. Frank's a really nice guy. <laughs> but uh, you know, he's got that mountain mentality. He's a mountain uh, man. So in Sparkman, okay, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that have come and go, came came, came and went. Yeah, that's more that's more like it. Uh, a lot of people have came and went. Um, right now, at this point. 
the show we're going to put on up at Sky Park, uh, September 25th, 2020. That's right, people. It's coming up. It's right around That's the right. corner. We're talking next Friday. Next Friday. Um, it's just going to be me and my wife, and it's been that way for a while. Our last show that we played was at the House of Blues, and uh, it was just Tara and I. So we've been doing just like these acoustic gigs. That's cool. And, uh, you know, because we love each other, man. And it's beautiful. Yeah, that's really amazing that you guys can make music, you know, it's, together. Because Tara also yeah, sings. Not, right? not to make a joke out of that. It's an amazing thing. It's a super fortunate thing to be able to make music with your family in any right, even if it's just dancing around the living room. So, um, you know, if you yeah. can find joy in that shit, people do it. You know, let your hair down, man. Life is short. Follow Enjoy your dreams. it. Follow your dreams. Don't let your insecurities slow you down. If you okay. want to do it, just do it. Just do it, okay? Because the, there isn't, it's not fucking people saying don't do it. It's you, motherfucker. Nobody cares about you but you. Yeah, I want to say. That's what I've know, found. I, I remember uh, <laughs> when, I was, when I was making music with Infinite Vision, I'd say Oof. back around 08, uh, there was this other MC that came along, and for a minute he was, we were thinking about bringing him into our hip-hop crew. Uh, it didn't really work out. He put in a couple songs with us. He was a really good artist. He was from. He wasn't from California, but he moved out here. And I remember at the time him telling me and telling us that if he didn't make it by thirty, he was going to give up. You know. And I and I I remember my good buddy Nate Rogers from Infinite Vision telling him and telling us like, Hey man, what do you mean you made it? You're here, aren't you? You know. Yeah. And. Uh, and I'll never forget him saying that because it makes, to me, it's like, yeah, you know, maybe you haven't made a lot of music, made a lot of money from your music, but you're here, you made it, you know, you're still making it. And uh, all you can do is just keep that passion alive and just keep driving for your goals and aspirations in life, you know, and, uh, and along the way, try to, you know, I'm going to take a quote from, from Big Wax, the MC. he said, you know, make the right moves for the forward progression of your art. You know, and you just got to make the right moves and stay on top of it. Yeah, yeah. Artists, we have this uncanny ability of like, uh, you know, simplifying things in these fun little sayings, you know, and like, uh, I think it it's a deterrent in this weird way, you know, like uh, to people. <laughs> that may want to dabble in like these type of creations, you know, um, uh, like just do it or, you know, like put everything to, you know, don't, don't listen to the outside people and stuff like that. You know, it is, it, it is extremely hard, but do it. It's worth it, man. It's so worth it. Um, but I do, I got to mention these people uh, in Sparkman that have helped all of this music come together. Definitely. Lately, it's been me and my wife, but um, like I said, originally it's just me and Wes, and then um, Croft saw me doing a lot of guitars. Paul Miner producing, an amazing producer. This guy has produced, dude, a shit ton, and he's still producing a shit ton of amazing bands from Newfound Glory to Thrice. Um, I always have to mention Thrice because they're like my favorite uh, <laughs> band ever. And then... Um, you know, uh, God, his last, his list is crazy, dude. But check him out, everybody. I really think that if you look into Paul Miner's catalog of who he's produced and who he's been a part of, uh, not to mention he's the original bass player and the and the you know one of the members of uh, of Death by Stereo, you know, a super instrumental band in Orange County area and and uh, you know in the world. 
uh, me and my wife sat down for pizza in Germany in this tiny little uh, pizza place, hole in the wall, dude. And there's nice. there's a freaking uh, there's a death by stereo sticker, and not only that is there's Paul's signature on the wall. Wow, it's a small it's a small world. I just oh, thought yeah, it, that's amazing. I, I thought that was a funny ass thing to that's happen. That's really cool. Anyways, Paul's produced everything, and he's such a good guy too, an amazing father, and, and you know a husband, and just a really good guy and friend, and he's really helped us in 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 ample ways. Okay. So enough about Paul. Um, <laughs> so I want to. So go ahead. What were you going to say? I, I just want to kind of list these people just so yeah, they, oh, yeah, get, they get a little yeah, bit give, of credit for helping me so man. much. Give, you know, always. Props, and uh, they've always been willing to help me and sit in on me, my music and take it a little bit further. And um, I've always allowed that too, man. I want these guys to come in and I want them to expand my music a little bit. I always have like a real fundamental idea of of these type of songs when i want to use other people that are better than me you know and that's important too man never be afraid to use people that are better than you to help you with what you're doing you Definitely. know and um and, and admit that to it's them the secret right you know? surround yourself with success find your strengths you know um because my strength is writing man and and, and um and and being able to use simple words and and simple terms um in an effective way, you know, and not overriding, you know, which we see a lot of. But anyways, okay, I want to yeah, go back wanna, to these you names. You don't want to confuse Christ. people. Yeah. So, so you know, another person, Sean Motley. He's this insanely talented producer. Very, very dude. successful. And he's successful, exactly, man. I, I Sean's an amazing person. He's probably one of the most successful musicians with. on this mountain, I'd say, right? Yeah, I would say, like... I feel that way. I don't know, you know. I mean, doesn't he compose music for the? To be honest with you, industry, I've already Hollywood asked. I've stuff. already asked to have Sean on because I want to pick his brain about this shit. Because oh, I, mean, I, I, I want to know, really dude. Because really when I Google Sean Motley net worth. I don't know, you know. No, <laughs> just fucking. Hey, if, if you know, if you can Google someone's uh, net worth and it dude, comes up, dude, but he's such a know, cool guy, <laughs> man, and he's so humble. But he truly inspired me. I remember at a young age, I got a hold of two CDs, two full CDs. I mean, this is an abundance of music. So, um, and he compulsively did this stuff too. He would, he would, uh, and he still does. He would sit in his basement and create. He just right? writes and writes and writes, and I was like, "Fuck, I gotta do that." That's what I want to do. That's how I want to be, man. I want to write those songs, you know, like, I mean, not those songs. I want to write these songs, but just obsessively, man. And and if they sound like shit, I want to move on to the next one, man. And I'm not going to fucking, you know. Isn't that what Tupac used to do? I'm not, dude, uh, yeah, straight up, man. What a huge just you would influence do one take hero and move on, mine, right? Yeah, dude, I'll never <laughs> be no Tupac, man. And it's really, oh, no. I mean, it's shameful know, that artists nowadays are even comparing themselves to such an artistic person when they're not artistic you know like uh yeah, i think a lot of these yeah. these are they, they are artists they're lyricists maybe they're realists is what it seems like they really speak about what they know about in their small little circles which seems to be a bunch of bullshit that most of us don't really like to latch on to but it is n kind of nice to watch i don't have a problem watching somebody like in a fucking jet with all their jewelry and stuff it's entertainment anyways to not get too far on that sean i like i really wanted to obsess with he dude he did like hit me baby one more time for britney spears but he did it in this gothic way and shit and i immediately was like especially after being knowing that, that this is what i wanted to do and then hearing this stuff i'm like dude i don't have to have strings either 
you know? Uh, initially, when I got into it, I was like, ah, I got to like, sound like the dude from, from Stained, you know? I got to sound like uh, Aaron Lewis. I got I to gotta be specific here. I like Aaron here. Lewis. Me too. An amazing artist. Yeah, I mean, it, it, a huge it, it, since he's went country too, it's Fucking really, dope. really yeah. good, man. You know, and it's good to have people to look up to, you know? And, and that's not to surpass all the other people, like the, you know, the legends, of course, that we all listen to. Um, but Bob so, Dylan. yeah, you name exactly down that road. Um, but so after Sean, you know, Sean helps, he does the keys. He, he does, he does a lot of stuff on this Sparkman album for us, plays a lot of pianos and just has a lot of good positive input on some songs. Um, who else did we fucking get? We got Braden Ferguson. Braden Ferguson, Braden another Ferguson, amazing man. mountain MC. Uh, I'm sorry, mountain musician. Oh, he's an MC around. dog, straight you know, up. Oh, no. definitely. Yeah, I mean, I know he has MC <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of yeah. shows, but so much know, respect. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He puts on shows. That yeah. Braden is a is a is a really solid ass true to the bone musician oh, i mean a and, lifelong and, and all of these people to a guy like Brady. every single one of these guys man they taught me really key lessons in music you know sean taught me just to let you know i keep saying this but it's just funny shit whatever i'll let my hair down you know he taught me to just uh, really let go and and um he taught me that just by me observing by the way you know he didn't like sit me down and teach the shit i just listened to him you know and then uh so with um Braden, you know, he's just he's he's another guy that's super good. So he did the bass on, on a few songs and then we were a part of the band. We were we had a band going with my roommate Michael Feldman. Shout out to Michael. He's Mike, another Michael's great guitar player and yep. another just seriously All grinding musician up here. Um, you know, Mike's a, a lot of us because of this thing that I, we were talking about earlier about the confidence and, and things that, that creep into your mind I think that he's probably another one of these people that's like he should be uh, allowing his artistic self to just you know spread his wings a little bit but priorities yeah. happen yeah. also you know you gotta work um, life happens but I've just yeah. always thought Mike was really talented and somebody that could uh, make music he makes really, really good, work for he him. does you know he's a good songwriter he is. He's a great songwriter and a great guy too. So shout out to him. Big uh, shout out to Mike Feldman. Yeah, big time. Brandon Ferguson. Big time. Braden. And then uh, that that led us to uh, Danny Stone, another bass player that I went with. Used, uh, but in between there, I used Wes Brown. So you know, you guys, it's funny. Been... You guys all you guys all have really good names too. Like, yeah. You know, that those those I are know, all right? catchy names. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> it's I just don't your think, names. <laughs> I don't think any of these. Oh, okay. I was gonna say none of these are our real names. I mean, my last name is just weird, you know, but, you know, these guys, no, But it confuses names. the police. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I like the cops, man. Yeah. You know, when I stopped being an asshole kid. I so thank you to all those guys. I think I, I think I made it through everyone. I think I did. If there's anybody that I did forget, please, if you make it this far in the podcast, um, hit me up. And, and tell they, me how stupid I am. And no, here's the thing, you know, if you have any huge, huge humongous festivals after COVID's over, you know, shoot shoot Frank over there, man, Sparkman, and let yeah. let them rock the festivals, you I'll know, dude, let nationwide, because they I'll will play. show the world the talent for, that they have. I'm gonna play for two hours by myself on Friday. I'm not even worried. I, I'm gonna try to make it. <laughs> I'm gonna try to make it if I can get off work in time. Oh man, I appreciate it. So like, and then that's that's it. That's where it's taken me, man. All these guys have helped me and then pushed me, and then I haven't stopped. 
I still, you know, I just finished another song like last week. So you, um, you, uh, you I'm taught yourself making... also how to play the piano, correct? Yeah, I taught myself and how to a, play that's a all big the feat instruments because that, the piano is one yeah. of the hardest instruments to play. Is yeah. that is that right? Am I... Yeah. I guess that's what they say. I don't I mean, know. Maybe you know? maybe the harp might be yeah. a little harder. The crazy thing I'm not is sure. too, you know, like my the banjo. Form, yeah, my form on these things, I guess, is pretty fucked up. Like the way I put my fingers, even with the way I use the guitar. I've had a lot of traditional players be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" You know. Uh, but guys like Croft helped me so much though too, man. This dude taught me so much about guitar. Alex Albright taught me so much about guitar, um, and and just you know they taught me some chords. But I, I've always had a really big problem about not retaining things like certain things i just kind of blank out you just you only remember what's important right? it's, no, it's just really <laughs> weird well I, I think it's a stubbornness though i don't know if you've ever experienced this in life but when somebody's laying down a lesson certain people you will li- you will adhere to that lesson and you will actually repeat exactly oh, yeah, what they're yeah. doing when i was being taught music stuff i always had in the back of my mind that i never want to do it like they're doing i'm glad that they're showing me how it's done and i might pick up on a lot of their style but i never want to do it like them because I think that's another fundamental key part about music is this feeling that you're not the same this feeling that you're doing it in your way and it's really yeah. freeing when you can do that and I completely feel for artists that get trapped and feel like they're not doing it their way you know because I think there's some people that should really just spread their wings man you know it's kind of like what you had mentioned the artist Aaron Lewis a few minutes ago, he kind of he has a song where he kind of touches on something like that. Really, you know? he talks about how the music industry really took him and there tried you go. to tra- and transformed him yeah. and made him who they wanted him to be. Yeah, and after a while, he got you know he got burned out on not being his original self, and he really just wanted to make music it the way that yeah he wanted to make it yeah. Know? You know, when I was asked this question recently, too, I did a buddy of mine's podcast, and he's a super amazing guy, and he's been in the music industry for years and years, and um, he's doing a podcast called Covered to Cover. His name's Mike Venezia, and he's a good friend of mine. He's a he's a, head, a sales rep in Taylor Guitars, and uh, but uh, he, he, he was asking this question, you know, like, what the fuck is going on, Frank? Like, why? Why didn't why? you would ever made it and you know a and, lot of people in the industry yeah I, that's another thing yeah i've been fortunate enough to really meet some people you know and, and become friends with people and uh but it also highlights the fact that this stuff takes dedication and it takes a, a, a bit of a selfishness um you know you really have to be able to put things on the back burner you know it, something even as simple as just hearing frankie in the background of this podcast you know if you hear him you know because that's priority you know <laughs> yeah, you know, he's here. Hey, look, it's, if you it's hate all the kids in the background, then you shouldn't be listening. I'll to this suck podcast. your ass. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't fucking listen. How about that? Yeah. What, you know? what else is going on, Frank? I mean, what else is you know? You, is there anything going on that you want to touch on? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. music-wise or anything in the in the world that's you know that you want to bring up or. Man, you know, I've been really on this kick lately because I think we're all beaten down by. Uh, by what may or may not be fake news, it's like you're saying. Yeah, and not to mention that, you know, and we're, we're, we've all been told for the last, uh, you know, half year or so or whatever, how long it's been now, that there it's troubling times. I've never felt it. Um, I feel like I'm thriving, 
I feel like I'm doing better in my life than I have been in a while. I feel like the country's doing good. I feel like the republic of this country is doing good. I feel like things here are really good. And people are fucking lying. People are, are, are crazy. People are, are crazy. But they're lying to themselves, oh, too. It's, there's because a lot of lies going on. They're just not there's being productive enough. But anyways, I don't want to dabble too much. What I was getting back to is, is what I've been really thinking about lately and, and then having given ourselves a platform and being fortunate enough to have a bunch of people listen to us. Man, we're so blessed. Like, thank you so much, everybody, for thank tuning you. in. Definitely. Thank you for considering us professional and all the nice things you said. Because you should see the apron that I'm wearing, and, this, and I don't have pants on. There you go. I mean, and we're in a studio, so Frank doesn't have to wear pants. No, it doesn't really dude. bother me that there much. Is, no. There, this is the Frank and Tom show, right? Yeah, yeah, we live in the mountains, and like police response is shit. So, like, it takes a long time. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to get to with that, and, and since... Uh, you know, these, these make it questions come in and all this stuff comes into play. Uh, and, and we're all being beaten down by the media. I just, I just wish that we would all make a positive turn collectively that we could all literally be like this video game fucking sucks. You know, like fuck this round we lost, you know? Yeah. Um, this year's or whatever it is yeah or or whatever it is you know but we need to lay our guns down metaphorically you know i'm not talking about uh taking away any of that shit i don't don't want to get into that we're not taking guns away that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about laying down your um you know your gloves man and, and stop being so combative with everybody and stop needing you know so much I know that's like a really serious fucking weird turn I just took, but it's really been bothering I mean, me I, lately. I think it's, you know, it's... It's been, well, that's what's been on my mind, tr- and you asked me, Tom. These times, Frank, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, I see, I definitely see certain leaders in this country trying to pull us out of wars, and I think that's a good idea. I mean, there's a lot of, the United States has been at war for a century, you know, I mean, essentially, basically. And it's it's time for us to move past stuff like that. We really we don't need to be fighting wars. I mean, what's the point? There really isn't much of a point. You know, yeah. we're all neighbors on this planet. I yeah, mean, you know, dude, I you heard know, we're all a part of we're all a part of this planet, right? Because yeah. I mean, we we are planet Earth. I yeah. mean, because everything on this planet is planet Earth, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I agree with the I, I I agree with the war thing, and I think everybody can hop on the war thing. What I was I was really fortunate enough to to listen to and i I always consider myself if you're fortunate enough to fucking listen to other people by the way and take it in and not be a dick to yourself because there's always this little person inside of you telling you that you might be better than that person just trying to offer up some life experiences and trying to offer up some good advice from their heart allow it into you you know take what this fucking other human being has to say and, and 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 allow that um, so, <laughs> sorry. So, you know, and I agree with the wars and, but like I said, you agree I with ending the wars, ending the wars. <laughs> I agree with the war statement that Tom made. That's what yes, I meant to say. Yes. But you know what I see through my own eyes, agree or disagree. It doesn't matter. You know, 
is, is what we've created is a fundamental necessity for the United States to continue some sort of regulation with other people, you know, um, and, and whether it, not regulation, I put that wrong. And, and because I'm not a government fucking figure, I'm a tile guy, guys, by the way, by trade, I do tile and marble and I'm a musician. And he's also so when a, I start really talking good, he's about also a good carpenter, listen, well. when I start talking about these opinions in this podcast, I want you guys to have an open mind about it. And I want you to just accept what I'm saying and say, all right, you know, Frank's off on this. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be right, you know, like whatever, dude, I'm just, I'm talking. So anyways, um, I agree with that, but I think that we need to support other people. And, and, you know, some people are super free. Oh, you've always got to have your fucking USA in everybody's business, you know? And, uh, unfortunately I think the world has also come to depend on it. I think we saw that too with the way everybody seems to be just ragging on us about this whole fucking pandemic thing. Well, you know what? Which is it? You know, is it fuck the United States or is it we're supposed to fix everything? And then when we don't fix everything, it's back to fuck us, you know? But you know, you know I've what? always found it kind of strange that some countries can just be by themselves and, and do the, yeah. do the same do things that, that they don't get ridiculed over. Gl- but dude, the United States is held at a different I'm, standard. You know what? You know, I saw some polls... And, and, and I think people were, were thinking that it's going to offend the United States, that we're collectively over the world maybe viewed poorly now. That's what I'm hearing, right? Well, good. You know, like, dude, people respect places like France and shit like that because the people there are viewed poorly for worldwide because they're dicks. You know, like everybody knows this. Hey, shout out to all the French people out there that aren't dicks, you know. <laughs> we we love the French, Frank, you know. I'm just saying it can be abrasive and it's hard to hear things like that, right? Oh, that was a bad example. No, Maybe you, people no, do you, like you're the totally French. Right, man. But you also it's, dude, you know, you've heard from this is 2020, I, I've heard I mean. this shit from women for years that you that Italy is a little bit rapey. It's a little fucking rapey, right? So did they put they put out a, a big uh, thing? So is Spain, right? Big problem with it there in Spain. Big problem worldwide. Big problems worldwide, period. You know? Um, you know, there's a lot of problems going on in other countries that are pretty messed up that, that nobody ever even talks about. And I don't want to really get too far into that because we're not trying to... We're not here to talk bad about, yeah. about things like, like that. I just... Uh, I'm just talking about... 2020. Like, I feel like it's it doesn't take... A humongous conscious effort to just live your life in a peaceful manner and it's to me it's madness that there's so many people on this planet that don't understand that simple concept i mean yeah. and we look at our our neighbors right to the south of us beautiful mexico i love mexico i frequent I love mexico going down there by the way and it's really sad what uh the leaders of mexico have have allowed to happen to their country hey tom because, do you know you that know, there has been a fucking wall the whole time Way before my dad, I built want a part of the Mexican to, border. Man. I want to I mean, point this out again. The I am my dad works for builds the Mexican border. I don't fence. know what Tom's <laughs> views are, but I am not a fan of Donald Trump. Before I say this, okay, but this is a factual statement. There has been a wall there my whole life. Every time I've gone down to Mexico, all I've seen is a wall. In fact, any time, many different ports, and, and, and if you actually go down there, you can verify this as well. These are not new portions being put up that, that we see. I guess there's a small portion somewhere else, but there's always been this wall. I was At talking least to, a fence. Okay, here, here's not to brag or whatever. I was speaking to some Canadians in Iceland at the foot of a volcano. True story. I'm speaking to Canadians who are concerned about our president um, and asked me and Tara 
quite rudely, actually, how we feel about it. Because we're enjoying a fucking volcano in Iceland. Right. In the middle of nowhere. There you go. A unique experience, okay? I'm eating potato soup, enjoying myself, and this is what I'm asked. And, um, yeah, right? And, and this is what I told. This is what I told. Because at this point, they were talking about this fucking wall. And I'm like, do you know that there's always been a fucking wall? That, that I've never seen where there wasn't a wall that we need to put up a wall. In fact, well, I, there's sections of Texas exactly. and New Mexico. This, that, this, is, this is the areas that I haven't been to, of course. But I'm saying I frequent it. And as far as the California side, you can't find it. We're, well, the, yeah, I mean, like I said, my dad works for the biggest fence company I'm just in the def- country. Yeah, they yeah, build I, the Mexican border fence since the yeah, early 90s. I think it just it's, points it's out the California. lunacy yeah. and the misinformation of what happens, you know. And, then, and this is literally what happens. You end up at the foot of a volcano talking about this wall that people don't even know exists. And all, that was a simple fact that I just needed to share. I didn't need to share my, my views or anything like that. And I don't have any views. I really like to ride the middle. I don't lean either way because I'm I'm not – it's not that I'm jaded and I haven't given up. I care very much and I still listen to both sides. I do. I watch videos from both crazy well, extremes. you know, because there's good – there's there are good uh, aspects of – Every political standpoint, every political party there is. I mean, to me, that's the way you really have to look at everything as a whole. Yeah. To, to just dedicate yourself to one side is kind of hard, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I think it really also points out what the fuck is going on here because it's even two gentlemen like ourselves, okay? Two hard workers. This is Sunday and Tom's got to work today, okay? And we're running on our morning. We're running on our morning coffee and we hope you are too. And we hope you're going to. You know, enjoy your Sunday and do something productive today and love your family and, uh, you know, do some hard work. But it, it points out to the state of things when two guys like us, this is what we also feel the need to talk about. It's a passionate and it's a it's a um, it's a heartfelt subject right now. And uh, and Americans care way more than people are giving us credit for or, 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 or what I think, you know, maybe they are giving us credit. You know, and what I see too is a lot of motherfuckers just trashing this, you know, which has always gotten to me because these are people that don't even have their passports. If you don't have your fucking passports, don't talk shit, dude. You know, like get out there. <laughs> check yeah. out check yeah. out other places. And I, and I, I, hate, I hate to dabble in narrow-minded statements like that, you know, like, oh, if you don't have this. Which, which probably isolates me in a certain way, and I don't intend on that either. I don't mean to do that, but but this is coming from my perspective, okay? So that's what I'm going to talk about. I don't hate on your perspective, and if you haven't been able to get a passport, you can work really hard in this country, and you can go get one, okay? Because I was dirt poor, all right? I think it's 110 bucks or something like that. <laughs> exactly, one, you know? it's not go very po- go much. Go to the local post office. You what know, people can make it. a lot of is excuses. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, it's people do make excuses, but I think everybody does sometimes. It's kind of hard not to. It's the world is a crazy place. This is the way and, I uh, sound at I, nine eleven a.m. on coffee. No, nobody really knows. I think how to solve all the problems and uh, absolutely and not. People shouldn't pretend that they have all the answers. Nope. Especially when they're senile and they might have a little bit touch of dementia. You know. Not calling out anybody specifically. I know. We were going to wait until episode three to mention my medical fucking problems. I'm giving a preview of Frank's uh, medical disabilities. 
I'm Did you joking. burn the sage? <laughs> Jesus. Burning sage. Oh my god. Listening to Sage Francis. Sage Francois. Francine. Francesca. That could be my name. But anyways, man, we just want to uh, offer up a little bit of personal insight. Yeah, also, we're trying which to share some bad. love. We're trying to give yeah. some love to the world. You yeah. know. We yes. want to just a little drop of love, a little drop of sunshine in your life. That's you know? probably better. That's You're, what Frank yeah. is. It's a spark yeah. of sparkling. You know? <laughs> he is a, a drop of sunshine. You, know? you may not always get that. You may get some real doses of some real shit every now and then. But uh, yeah, dude, generally everybody should be rocking the sunshine at this point because um, it's all it's, sunshine. It's, in a, it's, it's nothing but sunshine. Well, here's the other thing. Uh, what the fuck do cloudy. we want to do? Do we want to continue down this rabbit hole just uh, then to to explain? Is that what everyone I mean, wants the, to do? I think it's a matrix, man. Everything's right? a rabbit hole, right? It, but is this what everyone Life really wants to fucking do hole. collectively as a collective? Do we really want to continue down this negative, 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 it's crazy. Well, I mean, but we enjoy it too because it makes our heart beat. It makes our, it makes us uh, it gets a rise out of us. When you see a car crash, you fucking get yeah. stoked. You know, I it's, mean, people want to see what's shocking. It's crazy, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, I'm not saying look, you get well, stoked. Well, look what happened when, stoked, the, when those do. riots happened. You know, unfortunately, that that uh, gentleman was had passed away in police custody in Minneapolis, and it sparked a bunch of riots all over the country. And you know, people don't want to see violence but people were drawn to the riots i know i was i mean yeah. we were sitting there on youtube just Dude. watching live news of just massive looting and, well, us, and i'm sitting there thinking why am i watching this but i couldn't stop watching it it was it it was insanity i mean i saw some crazy stuff on live news earlier this year of riots of people <laughs> looters run a looter ran out of a store in la and is running they're, they're looting a store about three or four cop cruisers roll up to the store. The looters run out of the store in every direction. There's one man running down the street. A cop is chasing this man down the boulevard. The, the guy running trips, falls face first into the back of a copped car. The cop trips on the guy, falls face first into the back of the cop car. I mean, back of the parked car. The, the, the looter and the cop just, just both just eat it right on the ground and it's live news and it was just it was madness it was so oh, this funny. is on live saw, news it was this is all oh, live God. right i saw three separate car and chases on live news back to back within 20 minutes and one like of them they were going there? 100 miles an hour down surface streets oh in God. los angeles through red lights and we were like it was live news time. and we were just waiting just for someone friday to night it was madness in dude. la dog i couldn't stop watching it i mean it was sad you know but that's the other thing right because we crazy, can't stop dude. watching the show but the thing is, is now we're all a part of the show and we got to start being careful, I think, which is fucking nuts for me to think or say it out loud as a tile guy and as a musician. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, we do. And we, but, you we know, need I, to, people need to be a little more peaceful. There's other ways to go about it. And yeah. you, if you're if you're robbing mom and pop shops and, and you're looting, even if it's a big corporation, even if you're looting Gucci, dude, and you're stealing from the Apple store, which is not a good idea because you're never going to be able to use any of the Apple products they'll that you steal. They'll find you. They'll find you fast. But, uh, you know, if you're doing that, you're not creating any positive change for, for humanity. So what what Frank and I, we, we want to focus on in life also is, is positive change and positivity for humanity you know we want to move into we're trying to make a good positive shift in humanity not I mean not us but everybody collectively as a whole right frank uh, absolutely man you know gotta eat healthy you gotta you gotta 
just that's an, another huge thing, you know. I can't wait just to to have the you know having the platform now. We're very fortunate, man. Our show has has uh, taken off in just one episode, guys. So. I want to I want to <laughs> I want to thank you, Frank, for uh, you know for for suggesting that you and I make this podcast because I have wanted to make a podcast for a long time because I talk too much. I mean, it's just it's a it's a gift and a curse, you know. But uh, I talk too much, and you mentioned this last well, it was just a week ago, right? And we, yeah. you know, I said, you know what? Let's be proactive. Let's really do it because uh, I know there's been times in life where I've really wanted to do stuff that I just kind of put on the back burners and. So Frank and I, we we did. We said, you know what? We're going to do this. The very next day, we put down episode one. And here we are. Week two, episode two. Right, We're going to hit you with everything. Another episode hey, in the bag. And uh, I think both of us are excited because this now, now that we've gotten us out of the way, you know, I don't, I don't want these fucking episodes to be driven about me talking about me. I'm sure Tom doesn't want to just talk about Tom. No. So we got him out of the way, you know? Now we can move on. And we, now we you can, know. can do what we want to do, dude. I want to do things like... um. You know, I want to highlight like a Heroes Week because we talked about firefighters, um, you know, hard work week, whatever, dude. I want to talk to some tradesmen, man. I want to talk to Hell our yeah. friends, man. I want, to, I want to see how people, you know, feel. And I, I want to enlighten you you people out there, too, you know, because people aren't so jaded and we're not doing so bad here, you know. Even the people that are fucking bitching about it being so bad and you talk to them face to face, they're doing okay. Even the homeless people eat every day out here uh, in the United States. And there's know, a shit ton of them, man. I'm not saying that it's yeah. not rough being homeless. I mean, I see them every day, but, you know, people don't starve in California and yeah. it doesn't freeze, so. That's another great thing that we can get into. But, um, you know what? We've had a really good time with you guys, and um, I think it's time for us to close, close uh, episode two, so... And, uh, yeah, it's been a good episode. And uh, if you guys want to check out Frankie Sparkman's music, you just type in Sparkman, you know, on YouTube, on, on Google search bar. Uh, you can go to Pandora. I know that Sparkman's one of my Pandora pages, and I usually listen to it on Shuffle, and Sparkman comes up sometimes. And, yeah. you know, listen, to, look them up. The album's Sparkman, called Daylight. You know, they make really good music. It's very original, and just give it a listen. And, you know, I hope you enjoyed episode two of our podcast all right much love everybody all right peace enjoy your sunday frank and tom show out peace